You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Joris Brion. Hey, this is Joris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk to Ian Hammersley. Um, Ian, he's the CEO of Smart E-Business and he specializes in e-commerce growth consultancy for uh, those e-commerce companies who are actually doing well but have plateaued and um, that are now now stuck for IDs and, and how to take their business to the next level and dramatically increase their bottom line. He's um, also an accomplished author. Um, he's written several books and his latest uh, is uh, Ultimate Guide to E-commerce Growth, Seven Unexpected KPIs to Scale an E-commerce Shop to 10 million pounds and up. Um, Ian, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Hello. Yeah, how are you doing? Good to Good. hear you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell tell us a bit about you, um, your background, where you come from in your career. How how did you end up in in e-commerce? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, ve- yeah. Very very briefly. Um, currently, I'm sat in uh, in in Manchester in the UK and um, in a in an old textile mill in the centre of in the centre of town. And um, 15 years ago, we set up the e-commerce. Uh, growth consultancy company um and uh, we've been down here really eating sleeping breathing e-commerce growth um for for the last 15 years and i got into it really by by accident really we 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 were doing um general uh, websites we 15 years ago we were doing some wordpress sites and we had some e-commerce sites and in 2008 we had the credit crunch happen the uh, the big crash that that happened and all of the um the wordpress sites the clients that we had on wordpress um stopped investing and um but the client the e-commerce clients were the ones that actually carried on investing so um we had i think eight e-commerce clients at that that time and some of them were scaling really well and some of them were were not scaling and so my brother and i uh locked ourselves away in in the basement and um and tried to see what was the consistency between the ones that were scaling and the ones that weren't what were the what were the numbers what were the, what was the maths behind the ones that were going from 2 million to 5 million to 10 million and, and why were certain ones plateauing and what was the consistency and, and essentially that then led to the the, the the framework that we have which is the the growth formula which is very much a uh, a, a simple mathematical framework where we split down the uh, the, the, the key KPIs, and then, and that's what we wrote the book about, um, uh, because it, it became our whole our whole ethos really. And then uh, and t- several years ago, we we wrote the book, and um, and that's what I speak about, and uh, and it's still still very much true today. All right. So basically, you discovered the commonalities between a good performing e-commerce and not so good yeah. performing e-commerce, and you turned that into a, a formula. So those are the formula. Is that the same as the seven unexpected KPIs you talk about in, in the book? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. really. Yeah, and the book. The the book. We go we go into it in quite a lot of detail. But in the um, in a nutshell, what we what we did was was we we actually looked at. We benchmark because we, we we're looking at e-commerce sites all day long, and and you start to get a picture of um, what the stats should be. And I don't mean things like uh, conversion rate or average order value. We're looking at things like 
what the add to basket percentages are on average mm-hmm. and what the basket to order percentages are and 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 you start to get an idea of of where they should be and we often find that that people talk about conversion rate optimization and what's your conversion rate percentage and it's essentially it's a bit like saying to someone be more successful sell more mm-hmm. um you, you have to know where that conversion rate comes from and so we started to break it down and the seven kpis essentially are the main things that we look at and we put it into a lovely nice spreadsheet and say this is where we are this is where we think you should be for a business like yours and um and in order to get to the your 5 million 8 million 12 million growth over the next 2 3 years this is what these kpis need to be and um it takes away all of the emotion and i think with e- with e-commerce growth that it it's one of the industries where there is so much new magic wands thrown at you there's new right. technologies there's new you know artificial intelligence new personalization and actually it's it's where you know it's very easy to have a scattergun approach and try to optimize all the site all over the place uh, when actually your lowest hanging fruit might be to improve the average order value or um or to improve the add to basket stat and and i think that the, the fundamentals of our framework that that we've been using for the last probably 10 years but really really honing it over the last five um was was breaking down the conversion rate and if i just give you a little glimpse of it the the conversion rate will break down into three things the first one is how many people add to basket the percentage mm-hmm. of people that come and add to basket and, and on average we say that should be about 10 percent and then of the people that are in the basket 55 percent of them then click into the checkout mm-hmm. um and then when they're in the checkout 85 percent of them should then go ahead and place their order so as a general benchmark even though of course all e-commerce sites are different that's a really really useful three-step uh breakdown that you can then have a look because all all the data is in google analytics it's there so you can see it all and it's how then you know if your conversion rate is is two percent you want to get it to four percent well the answer is going to be in either the add to basket basket to check out and check out to order and 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 most of the time it's the add to basket that's low yeah um and then if the add to basket's low then you look at bounce rate and you say well the product pages should be bouncing no more than 60 percent on average category no more than 50 percent and and home page no more no more than 25 and so essentially you know you're looking at the mathematical logic for mm-hmm. e-commerce growth rather than looking at the front end of the site thinking oh well i i think maybe the checkout's a bit clunky or you know i don't like that drop drop down on the uh, on the basket page for the delivery and and it, and it might be that that's completely justified but it won't be affecting any revenue so it, essentially it's t- it's taking a step back and having a look at the the actual the maths and the metrics yeah, absolutely, and I I love that kind of data driven approach because uh, because people get hung up on on uh, stuff that they see on other sites and they think the competitors know it better and uh, or they yeah. see case studies and uh, they see the latest shiny object and they jump on that. But basically, it's about getting, yeah, it's about getting your basics right. And and I yeah. was uh, as a guest on a podcast 
uh, what was it, a few weeks ago. And I got asked the question, like, okay, what are the trends that you're seeing for, uh, for well, next next year or so in e-commerce? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really like to look at trends yeah. and the shiny new, new stuff because most of the uh, e-commerce companies, they don't even have their basics um in order so let's focus on that mm. first let's let's build those foundations yeah. and, and work on that first before we sh- we jump on the next uh, shiny Definitely. object yeah it's so, so true and i think yeah the, the, this industry is just full of people trying to sell the the magic magic shiny thing um yeah. and and and, at the, and then at the same time you know the, the, the clients um you know they're, they're bound straight on their product page might be 85 percent, which means mm-hmm. that they're never going to be um, profitable through Google Shopping, and that becomes their their glass ceiling, and they are going to stick on five million turnover or one million turnover and never get past it. And you know, yeah. it's um, it is yeah, it's quite fun to break it down. It makes everything clear actually how to get the growth. Yeah, and where you should focus on, and and uh, it's it's. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like if if you want to sell something right now, you should talk about AI and machine learning because uh, even though nobody can really explain what it is and how it works, but if you don't mention that, then uh, you're just gonna not, you're just not gonna get any attention. But but yeah. stuff like bounce rate, as 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 you say, is such an important metric, and most people don't even yeah. look at it or just disregard yeah. it altogether. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think the fun the the, the fun the, the fun thing to talk about is that. Whenever we're talking about these these stats, these seven KPIs that lead to the growth, we we, we always compare it to what would it look like if it was a it was a physical bricks and mortar store on the high street, mm-hmm. and you know your your customers were coming in, and you know they're going over to uh, the uh, you know the shelves and they're picking something up, putting it into their basket, and that's the add to basket, and then they're walking over to the till and they're they're trying to pay for, pay for it and that's when they get into in the basket and then they're in the checkout and it's how many people drop off and and you know and and, and if the customer in the shop put something in their basket drop the basket on the floor and just walked out of the shop you'd be like what that's weird <laughs> you know why are they doing yeah. that and 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 it's and it's exactly the same and you know, the data is all there to see, and you can see which which products they're they're dropping on the floor and walking out, and um, and and you know where they leave um, is is where the opportunity is. And if you think, you know, that let's say four percent of people might convert on an e-commerce site, you know, on a, on a kind of reasonably optimized one that's got a good house file, you know, ninety six percent of people are leaving. So those ninety six percent, like, where are they? Where are they dropping off? Where's their? You know, they're obviously either getting to the product page and bouncing off going back into google or they're or they're having a, a click through or the search for something and essentially that's where the growth is really yeah so, yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah so y- you mentioned those numbers like at the basket should be around 10 percent um that's on average uh so I, I'm sometimes sometimes I'm I'm a bit reluctant to use benchmarks like that because yeah. um it, it it's hard to say like this works for every store what, what's your take on that yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally, I totally understand that, and I think a lot, a lot of people in in our in our position are are, are very hesitant to say that, and um, and I agree. However, I I always say, well, yes, it's very different for different industries, but at least if you start with a benchmark of comparing yourself against mm-hmm. the the add to basket of ten percent, you know, let's say you know a higher average order value. Um, fashion product 
where you get a lot of window shoppers, you know, you're not going to get an ad to basket rate of 10%. It might be more like 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, but the metrics of scaling your growth in terms of improving your conversion rate is always the same way. It's, it's add to basket, basket to order, a basket to check out, check out to order. And so those three things are, are, you know, it's the same method of scaling. And so I, I think it's just quite helpful to, to start with the basic benchmark. And then, and then I think that's interesting to say to the, you know, you say, well, okay, our, our add to basket stat is 4%, but our, when they get into the checkout, you know, 90, 95% of them buy. And, and so by, by just looking at that going, well, we're not going to get more than 95% completion in the checkout. So let's forget the checkout. That's a waste of time. We're not going to make any money there. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, our add to basket start is only 3%. And if we got that to 5% whilst maintaining the same basket to, to order statistics, um, you know, we'll, we'll have almost doubled our, doubled our conversion rate, which doubles revenue. Yeah. So it's, 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 it, I think it's, I get it. I do. But I also like, I like to use a stat because it makes it clear, <laughs> makes Absolutely. it easier to understand. Yeah. And, uh, and to track progress, basically that's, uh, yeah, it, that's it, right. It, yeah. 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 It is very helpful. Maybe just a very nerdy and technical question. Uh, but so the add to basket, uh, rate and basket to checkout rate, um, so let's say you have a store because sometimes you can skip the basket altogether. Um, yeah. How do you go about that? How how do you look at a basket to checkout rate? Yeah. in in that case, because people don't necessarily have to go over the check over yeah. the basket page. Plus, uh, there's a scenario possible as well. The checkout to order, um, for instance, um, if people on a basket they can choose to check out with PayPal. They skip the checkout altogether yeah. and they land on the confirmation page. Yeah. How, how how do you track that kind of? Situation? So yeah, so, so that's that's often often the case, and and mm-hmm. so that you've got the system where you've got this this quick um, quick buy, or or sometimes the uh, yeah they can go straight from the mini basket to the checkout and they can bypass the right. basket. And and so what we do in that scenario is we combine the basket to checkout and checkout to orders that as one, and mm-hmm. so so on average then it's forty four percent. So if, okay. if so on so on average that you know if ten percent of people add to basket, then when they when they've actually done that event, forty four percent of the of the people should actually buy on okay. average. Yeah. Um, so you can combine the two things there, and yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting one to test because because that 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 that's a we did a really interesting split test with a, a big um, a big wine retailer actually that, that if I mention the name you'll you'll have heard of them um, mm-hmm. but I won't for client confidentiality but what what we tested was they they had the mini basket drop down um, and they were taking people straight to the checkout and a lot of the new e-commerce sites do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's no one size fits all. And just because some feature works on one side, you think, well, that looks good. Let's put it on ours. Well, this particular one was where they they took people straight from the mini basket to the checkout, so they bypassed the basket page. And mm-hmm. we said, well, we we think people like the reassurance of seeing the basket, what's in it, um, particularly in this case because it was adding six wines to the basket. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and we said, look, we want to take them to the basket and split test it. And it, and it was a ten percent uplift, yeah, of of conversion, and and that for this client 
because they were doing significant revenue was was nearly five million pounds of additional revenue That's just massive. by taking them. It made huge. I mean, you know, it, it was an easy one because yeah. the client was already doing a lot. But but you know that whole thing where you you you, you, you the the you know, the notion is that you've got to try to make the checkout as 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 quick as possible. Two steps are better than three, and three steps are better than four. You know, it often is is not the case. Mm. Um, you know, the, the issue in all in all cases really is is the out to basket stat is most of the time the problem. Um, and the basket to checkout stat can also be an issue, but it's a different. You know, don't bother looking at it unless your stats are you know are low. You know, yeah. it's a case of sort of you know focusing in on the right thing at the right time for the for the quickest revenue growth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. So you you mentioned that the out of basket typically that's where the the main problem is. Um, what are some good ways to improve that? Or let me put that differently. Um, where do you typically look at next if you see that it it's low? Um, yeah. What are the usual yeah. suspects? So the so the out out of basket one is. Is, is is a really good place to start, and and if your ad to basket stat is low, so let's say on average we say ten percent, but if yours is like two percent or three percent, um, the first thing then to look at is the bounce rate. Mm-hmm. So essentially, and 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 the reason why the ad to basket stat is decreasing over time is because people are coming in directly from the to the product page, and that's through things like Google Shopping and Facebook product ads. So they're not landing on the home page anymore um, and going through home page category product. You know they're all, they're almost landing straight on the product page. Um, and and what happens is that it, the the temptation for, to go back into Google um, or back into Facebook from that product page you've landed on is huge. Um, mm-hmm. And so the so you typically find that let's say someone is looking for a uh, a navy blue jacket and they've clicked on the navy blue jacket and at this point they're not convinced that that is the right navy blue jacket they want to see other other navy blue jackets mm-hmm. um and so the first thing you've got to make sure is that the product page is not a dead end page i.e yeah. you know it's not the only product because i guarantee if it's the only product there um you people will bounce back off mm-hmm. um and and so that, so if you if you if your bounce rate is high, and I say on the product page we want it less than sixty percent on average. If you decrease that bounce rate, and I bet if you look at it now, a lot of these clients who are doing Google Shopping, they'll find that it's eighty. You know, on average, yeah, absolutely. If you reduce the, if you reduce that bounce rate down, you'll increase the add to basket percentage, which of course will increase the conversion rate, which will increase the revenue. So bounce rate and add to basket are really linked together. Um, so, that, so the first thing with the add to basket is often, okay, what's the bounce rate? And and it's and the bounce rate's massive because it's a dead end page because there's nowhere else for people to go. And so you want then related categories, um, related searches that have got to that page. So it's it should be a destination landing page that then says, hey, here, look at all these other navy blue jackets and and um, here's the whole category for navy blue jackets and here's our best selling navy blue jackets. You're just mm-hmm. like you would in a physical store. And once you've done that, then of course, you've got to make sure that the add to basket button is above the fold. You've got to make sure that stock is clearly displayed. I mean, in the book, um, we, we have a checklist 
um, that is is quite useful um, to to show when it's like got about twelve things that we actually break down and and really these are the most fundamental things you've got to do to get your ad to basket up. Um, but it is things like that can't be a dead end page. Bring the ad to basket button above the fold. Make sure that you've got stock. You know, is clear when I'm going to get it. You know, you need to um, focus on squashing the anxieties. You know, make sure that the tabs are open, that there's um, you know, the frequently asked questions. I mean, people are now trusting the, the frequently asked questions and the reviews more than the description that you're writing, mm-hmm. um, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like that idea of uh, making sure it's not a dead-end page. Um, I remember the case of one of our clients where we actually tested on a product page adding uh, the uh, recommended items section or similar items or other customers looked at, that kind of stuff. I don't remember yeah. what it was exactly, but um, yeah, uh, we tested it on top of that product page. So it was really above the actual product so really above the fold yeah. Um, yeah and to be honest i was <laughs> i was a bit hesitant to do that um and but anyway we tested it and it, it turned out to be a big winner because people yeah. continued um their, their journey on the site instead of going back to google so totally and yeah. it, it, it there's quite a, a well-known uh well wait uh, you've probably heard of wayfair the furniture mm-hmm. online furniture store well they did a quite a famous split test where from for and if you do it now, go and have a look. Go into Google Shopping, search for something like Wayfair Red Sofa, click through on the Google Shopping ad for Wayfair, and you will see that they have a a Google Shopping landing page. So mm-hmm. what they'll have is a little. They have the product you've clicked on at the top, um, but underneath that, it's almost like a big category page. So it's just full of other products that are similar to that one because they know. If you click through on a red sofa, you're not going to buy the first red sofa you click on. You want to see all loads mm. of red sofas, and um, and they said that 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 the people that did buy through Google Shopping, 65% of the people that did buy, did not buy the product they first clicked on. Wow. Google Shopping. Yeah, that's and massive. And so it is, and but and it's just like you would do if you're browsing through a real store. You know, you're not going to go and pick up the first you know, navy blue jacket, you know, you want to see all the navy blue jackets. And even if you like mm-hmm. the first one you you find, you know, you want to be, well, what else is there? Is this the right one? It's it's complete like common sense. Um, so, I mean, that, that, you know, I would say that everybody should be doing something specific for the Google shopping, you know, yeah. to, you know and I agree with you to put those, those related products uh, or other people looked at and the categories, are, you know, really high up on that product page. And I agree above the fold because mm-hmm. at this stage they're not convinced that they want to buy that product once they once they find the right product then you can start pushing the stock the price the price much guarantee the returns policy you know all the anxiety things that you the social proof all those things but the first thing is and that so many people don't do this is it can't be a dead end page yeah first thing to do yeah and i think um the the more expensive the product you sell, the more important uh, this is because the more uh, items the customer is going to compare and uh, the more yeah. tempted they're going to be to compare different sites as well. Um, if it's, uh, if it's, um, yeah, let's say, I don't know, this is a random number, but let's say like more than 200 euros or pounds, um, mm. then it's probably a good thing to, to pay special attention to, to that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we, we call it the the buying window. How big the how long the buying window is, and and, and it depends on you know also if it's a rational problem solving product or it's an emotional spontaneous one, and yeah, you know and how quick they need it, and um, you know, and that and I think that's another reason why one size does not fit all, you know, mm-hmm. and just as you you wouldn't go into a you know a hardware store on the high street and expect it to look the same as a beautiful um you know cashmere jumper shop next to it you know it would be a very different yeah. experience and so the sites have to be the same yeah, yeah. that makes a little sense um so um i mean the book is about seven unexpected kpis we already talked about at the basket basket to check out check out to order uh, is bounce rates one of the seven as well yeah so average order value Order, um, is a big one right. we talk yeah. about and in the book we talk about how there's only two ways you get the average order value higher which is either more expensive products or more items per order and, mm-hmm. and that's that's almost like a gift the average order value is so yeah. easy to influence um we talk about lifetime customer value mm-hmm. and how you know how to get that up obviously and that can be such an easy one to do and how certain products can lend themselves to greater lifetime customer value and talk about things like premium premium vip delivery and things like that we talk about the the traffic obviously in general where the hell are you going to get your traffic from where and trying to recruit it profitably um and we talk about the um the six month recruitment rate so how many customers you're recruiting over a six month period is a useful stat because you might have a big customer file that you're just milking and eventually they're going to stop buying. So you need to know how many people you're recruiting so you don't fall off a cliff. Um, right. And uh, and then we talk we talk about the the, the 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 speed of the site, the website speed, and 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 how that is important because you know just like if you were in a shop on the high street and you're queuing up to pay for something. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, I can't be bothered, you know? Right. There's 30 people mm. in front of you. you think, oh, bugger this, I'll come back later. And it's exactly the same experience on, 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 on site. And one of the really interesting things that came out of a test that we did recently was that we, one of our sites, clients, we, we, you know, the, the, the average time to buy, when they, somebody bought something was six minutes. Mm. And we effectively said, we think the site needs to be faster. So, so they, they did a load of work getting the site faster. We made, and we made it twice as fast. And so you'd expect that the the time to buy went to, from six minutes to three minutes. And it didn't. It stayed at six minutes. Okay. Uh, but what happened was people bought more stuff. So the average order value went, high, went up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because so they they you know, they they obviously people had obviously said I'm going to spend six minutes solving this problem buying this thing. Um, so they they used the six minutes and they they clicked around a lot more and bought a lot of the other things as well. So the average order value went up from mm-hmm. I think it was like one one point two to one point nine. Okay. Um, which you know to be honest was I mean this particular client doing you know over ten million and um, you know. <laughs> It was it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, the game changed, you know. And, and who'd have thought that that your average order value would go up with increasing your, um, decreasing your site speed, you know, making it faster. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's so really I, cool. yeah, um, I mean, you, we're talking about average order value, and so apparently, you see a site speed that can have an impact on that. But um, are there any other good ways to increase the average order value? Well. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, w- w- I mean, essentially, it's either more expensive products, where or or it's more items per order. And so, you know, the more expensive products is where you're trying to you're trying to push them to spend a bit more. Um, right. So things like, hey, you know, you only spend another ten pounds to get free delivery, or if you spend a hundred pounds, you get twenty pounds off, or one hundred and fifty pounds, you get. 40 pounds off so you're trying to encourage them to go oh hey there's a there's a more expensive there's a better version of this product mm-hmm. um so if you're coming in buying a you know a battery with a three car three-year guarantee if you're trying to get them to buy a four-year one and you get bigger margins so but the, the ones that are that we really see working consistently that are easy are what we call the um something called a sweetie page and this is where uh we it's a step between the shopping basket and the checkout or within the checkout. And essentially you're just saying, Hey, whilst you're here, you're buying this particular thing, this dress. If you buy, uh, this scarf today with this order, normally it's 30 pounds or 30 euros today. It's 20 euros. If you come back tomorrow, it'll be full price. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, there's such easy no-brainer things to do and that's where we say the checkout is actually quite robust and if you think about the last time you booked a flight you know by the time that you have got you've chosen your seats and you've committed you know you, you're being sold car hire holiday insurance you know transfer i mean god everything and because yeah. they know that you're going to go ahead and place the order and mm-hmm. it's the same, it, you know, the, the checkout is quite robust. And, you know, so we're a big fan of, of, of trying to get them to buy little extra things that are, you know, small items that there's a reason to do it today because it's cheaper. Um, so that, so they're, they're ones that are key. And, the, and then often, depending on what you're selling, but often the easy way to, to increase the average order value is to get them to buy the same product again. Mm-hmm. Um particularly with men's fashion we find that men tend to buy the same thing so they'll come and buy a you know navy blue jumper or a, a navy blue shirt they'll buy another another navy blue shirt as well <laughs> um and so you know if you say hey there's you know if you buy one get the second one half price and so you often sometimes don't need to be that clever but it depends on what you're selling mm-hmm. um you know you, no one's going to buy two car batteries you know, yeah. at the same time, but they might buy the, the the tool that helps you fit the car battery. Um, but they may well buy, you know, two shirts that are the same. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's about getting into understanding the the reason why people are buying those products in the first place, which helps. Uh, yeah. Do it. But I think the yeah the the, the multi buy the upsells the, the 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 sweetie page one is something that we're a, a big fan of at the moment. I mean, it ten, we've got one client that's got the sweetie page on that's increased the average order value by six pounds. So their average order value is about 102. So it's increased mm-hmm. it to 100, 108. Um, and it's, you know, it's knocking on for half a million quids worth of additional revenue just from one little page in between that's, the basket and the yeah. checkout. <laughs> that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Look at, uh, it doesn't seem that much, six pounds, but at the end of the year, yeah. it's all money of course yeah oh yeah 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 definitely and yeah. Uh, cool yeah so what are like the typical mistakes you see your clients make well 
I say there's something it depends on on what size of business they are, but I'd say the biggest thing that that I would I always encourage e-commerce clients to do it doesn't matter whether or not you're doing half a million or you're doing you know fifty million the you know the, the, you don't they don't exist in in a vacuum and, and we call it the market square test mm-hmm. and we say to clients right imagine you're walking into a market square. And everyone in that market square is selling the same thing you are. You know, they've all got their stalls laid out. Um, you know, and and you're at the back selling the same products. Um, and you're more expensive. Your your returns policy is non-existent. Your delivery is five days. Um, you know, and there's no uh, you know, there's no um. There's no reason to buy today, and the guys at the front are going. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ten pounds cheaper. I am. My delivery is free next day. You know, there's a 365 day no cover returns policy. If you buy today, I'll give you um, some little to point cash on the next order. I'll give you mm-hmm. free delivery for the next one. And so, you, so get out there and look at who you up against. Um, you know, you don't exist. It's not like walking. It's like walking down the high street and seeing every shop on the high street selling the same thing you are. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what online is like. So we call it. You have to tap. You have to continually pass the market square test um, and and you know monitor what's happening. Yeah, you've got to, be, you've got to evaluate. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have something people want to buy. You know, you've got to be competitive. You know, and it and the 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 value proposition and the the offer architecture is really key you know mm-hmm. you've got to really you've really got to work hard on that yeah so yeah 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 i like that uh, and, and i like the term market square test because well mm-hmm. we call the we call it value proposition but usually that yeah. so i don't know abstract and vague to many people and they're like oh should i really care about this and it's maybe a nice to have but it isn't it is a it is a must have uh, but it, I, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah it's yeah. exactly so yes the, val- the value proposition that you know it's 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 like make or break and and i think the businesses e-commerce businesses that have really scaled have really understood that value proposition um you know and, and also you know they haven't fallen into the trap you know, let's say you're doing a million pounds. You know, a lot of the times, you know, an e-commerce client will compare themselves to a massive brand, and mm-hmm. they'll say, "Well, uh, you know, Estee Lauder, they don't have to, um, they don't have to put uh, free next day delivery on their on their as a USP bar on their homepage. They've just got a big image." And it's like, well, yeah, but they've got fifty million pounds worth of marketing budget. Um, you know, you no one knows who you are, so you know you can't compare yourself to these guys. You know, and that's and one of the tricks we we do. There's a, there's a website called Wayback Machine, and you probably yeah. where you can put like, mm-hmm. you can put a competitor's site in there, and you can see what they were doing ten years ago. And we always use the example of Made.com and the furniture retailer. And if you look at what their homepage looked like 10 years ago, it was very much around, you know, direct to consumer, saving money, missing out the middleman. Um, and now, of course, you look at it and it's, it isn't saying that because they don't need to because they've got this huge brand and they've advertised mm-hmm. all over London, London Underground. And, you know, so that's all that's 
that's always a, a good, I mean, I get that's down to the value proposition too, you know, getting it right, getting your offer yeah. architecture correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been uh, great, and, and uh, we could uh, definitely uh, go on and nerd on for hours and hours. Uh, but yeah, we're kind of yeah. running out of time. And uh, I want to yeah. make sure that people know how they can find you, um, yeah, or, or connect with you. What's the best place uh, to do that? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, the, the, I mean, I think probably w w something we just we've done recently is really useful. Is we've we've done um, a sort of a whole a story of how um how how we've taken client to one to ten million and um and 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 all the little things that we did along the way and it, we put it into a really nice little video case study and it was um and and it's quite a nice sort of easy watch really um and it's uh, it's go dot uk forward slash get started um mm -hmm. get that so we'll put it i presume we'll put it in the show notes yeah. and then we can send yeah, it around absolutely. but yeah that that's quite good i mean uh, and obviously it, it, on linkedin ian hammersley you can google me and i'll um and it, or, or you can buy the book you know we'll put i presume we'll put the links in the show notes and yeah then, uh, absolutely we'll do it, yeah. share it prolifically on linkedin <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool um cool. yeah thank you so much for being here you it's been absolutely great and super interesting thank you very much yeah awesome the e-commerce excellence podcast is sponsored by dexter.agency we help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and more importantly revenue Register for our free training, The Five Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency slash webinar.